You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 101 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Today's show is a treat. We have guest host Glenn the Geek from Horses in the Morning, who spearheads a special edition of Horse Husbands, where you'll hear from Kristen's husband, Eric Bentley, and Joy's not-yet-husband, Zach Ackett, about what it's like being immersed into the world of retired racehorses, not by choice. We then bring you a training tip and our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr, Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, I know it's only been just a few weeks since our 100th episode, but I've missed you. I feel like it's been forever since we've talked. And you've had some excitement since we've last met. You got fancy new tap. I did. Actually, both of us did. So I got a saddle and then Eric uh, is starting to accessorize. So he got um, Mm -hmm. some fancy Makati reins. So for everyone who's like, oh, what? That's just like a nice nylon one piece rein for your Western snaffle bit that has a lead rope attached. So I guess you like we need to do another episode. Yeah. 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 We need a part two of that. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then uh, Eric actually had a saddle on order and it arrived and sadly it didn't, it wasn't a great fit for Shorty. And then it really was a poor fit for Eric. So we sent that back and then he rode in my saddle and he liked it so much that he's getting the same thing. So we're going to be matchy matchy with the same saddle. Oh, the saddle is really nice. Yeah. It's, um, it's a Billy Cook Wade and I've wanted a Wade for a long time. So I'll have to post pictures. So everybody knows what on earth that is, but it fits Jobber super, super nice. So like I put it on and of course, you know, being the hover mom that I am, I was like, does this fit? Are we sure it fits? I do and remember then, like seeing your photos in our group chat and you were like, I'm not posting this till I know it fits my horse. So like you yeah, were so worried. You got the preview. Yeah. I was like, I just, I don't know. Well, and I also was like, I'm going to try to keep it clean so I can return it and like immediately trashed it. So I was like, well, it's mine now. Like, <laughs> it's hard to test a saddle in Kristen, the spring. You're my favorite. I just have to say, it's a good thought. But yeah, it's weird. So I've been riding in the saddle for years that was given to me by an old mentor. And the thing is so creaky that, like, if I ride with someone, I'm always like, what? What? Because I can't hear what anyone is saying. And in this saddle, like, I can hear the snow falling. So that's really cool. It's oh, just that's quiet. Nice. It doesn't creak. It's amazing. Like, I feel like way more, you know, like riding is now an auditory experience and not just listening to like until you haven't been in a squeaky saddle (laughs) yeah you don't understand you don't understand the significance yeah so yeah like i can hear jobber breathing which is crazy because i've never thought about that but i was like i couldn't hear that before so weird being at peace and at one with nature all of a sudden when you don't (laughs) have a saddle like playing awful violin sounds into your ears Oh, it's amazing. It's like just such a different experience. And I just re- didn't realize, you know, how much of that I had been missing. So yeah. Yeah. If you have a creaky saddle, folks, like treat yourself to something nice. hundred <laughs> percent. That is, I definitely have put in like ads when looking for a new saddle, like cannot squeak if squeaks will return. Yeah. You know, for the amount you're going to invest in it, like get something you like get all the way. Like That's what I told Eric too, with his saddle. I was like, like life is too short and these things are too expensive to have a saddle that the stirrups didn't go quite long enough for him. I was like, who makes this Western saddle that doesn't fit a six foot three person? <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. You know, and on an English saddle, yeah. you can just swap those out, but you really can't do that with a Western saddle because that fender is custom designed to match the rest of it. So it's, it's, it's not as simple, tall, you know, it is. <laughs> it's a hard life. I mean, everyone's going to be like, that's a first world problem, but you know, yeah. It's hard. You know what it is? It's still a problem. <laughs> still a problem. Still a problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, speaking of other expensive problems, this one's like slightly mm-hmm. more of a real problem. 
Jabber had surgery recently? Kind of. Yeah. So we went up for like what I thought was going to be our like spring maintenance visit. So I always joke I live in the frontier of New York because the place we happen to live in just does not have an equine clinic within two hours. So I have to go several cities away. It's, it's like a full day. Yeah, it's a trek. So like so I a Middle Earth for you. You have to plan. Yeah. It. Like we're gonna go destroy the ring. So let's go. Let's, you know, get the horses on the trailer. Um, you know, take a whole day off of work. And I made Eric take a day off of work too, because you know, I'm like, it's a lot easier to handle two horses at the vet if there's two of us. So Eric got to go because Shorty had his eye exam. So for new listeners, Shorty has recurrent uveitis. So he it's important that he gets a yearly eye checkup. Um, and Shorty's in pretty good shape. So he's the vision's not coming back, but he's retaining the vision he has. So that's that's going well for Shorty. And uh, Jobber didn't need any maintenance, which is good because I came prepared to pay for like hawk injections and didn't have to. So so that's a plus for anybody who's ever paid for those before. Um, and while we were there, I was like, hey, can we look at his like forehead lump? Um mm-hmm. <laughs> which is this thing that he's had for a while. Uh, And this winter, it started to grow. So I've been told, like, if it doesn't grow, don't worry about it. Um, And this time it started to grow. So the vet, like, punched a hole out of the middle of it. It was super gross, but, like, really fascinating to watch. So she, like, punched a hole out of the middle of it, cut out her sample, and then, you know, stitched him back up and then Alu shielded him. Um, and, you know, obviously now 24 hours later that the sedation's worn off, it's really fun to chase him around and try to Alu shield his head. So there's Alu shield on me, on my clothing, on all of my halters, the shed, other horses. Like, it looks like there's been a vandal on my farm spraying Alu shield on everything. So... Uh, so yeah, everybody cross your fingers. I teased that on our Instagram story the other night. Everybody cross your fingers. We'll get the results of that in a couple of weeks. Hopefully it's just a benign, ugly head lump and not, you know, like a weird. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, me and Job are both though. Like I am just getting back to the saddle after like a three week stint. Um, I randomly had like really bad vertigo. And our best guess is I had an inner ear infection. That's our best guess of the cause. Um, but like, I was, I could barely. I'm going like, to bubble wrap you. Out. I think I feel like I have a quarterly episode of something. Uh, it's like, it's always escalating. It's always something weird. It's not something standard. No, you never but, just um, get like a cold. Man, I would you love know. that though. Just like a solid cold one day. It'd be real chill. <laughs> I would take that in a heartbeat. But um, yeah, the vertigo was fun as in it wasn't. I like it was pretty intense the first round. Like I felt like I was passing out a few times. Thank God Zach was home. It was fine. I now have medication for when I feel dizzy, but I definitely did not trust getting on my very frisky thoroughbred. Yes, absolutely. And all the, the seasonal changes um, when I could barely like turn around to have a conversation with Zach without getting dizzy. So it's like, I'm going to choose life. That was my yeah. choice. You need your wits about you to ride these red thoroughbreds in the spring. So Just, I'm with you on that well, one. Even, so I got out when I did feel well enough, it was like, two and a half weeks after I hopped on our like chunky giraffe cross who it, it takes effort to fall off of her. She's so wide. Um, so I'm like, okay. And it, it will move slow enough and she will probably just lick me until I'm not dizzy anymore if I do fall. So it's like totally safe, whatever happens. And I remember like, as soon as we hit trot, it was like tunnel sounds. It was like, woo, woo, woo. It was like, oh, oh my gosh, Mm-mm. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die on this chunky horse. So I'm like, glad I didn't ride the thoroughbred. Super glad I didn't do that. It took a few more extra days. And then since now, um, let's see, last week I had my first ride back. And it's I have a little anxiety about it all, but it's been going a lot better. Understandable. But you're back at it, which I think is the most important thing. You started the process. Back at it. It gets having easier fun. every time. You know, you know what I should do, Kristen? I should reach out to Kentucky Performance Products because they're always taking care of our horses. And I wonder, oh, yeah. I just wonder if they have something that would also take care of me. But I don't need to go into a whole spiel about how great they are. They are great at doing that themselves. So we will go ahead and pass it to our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. 
finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, Kristen, I am super excited for this next segment because it's something very different than what we normally do. We are introducing Glenn the Geek from Horses in the Morning. Welcome to the show, Glenn. It's been a long time since I've been here. It's fun. It has been. And like in historic context, you typically come in, give an announcement, you introduce Kristen, like it's always been like short and sweet things, but you're actually going to lead our guest segment today. I'm so and excited. I'm super excited. I haven't done a Horse Husbands episode in a couple of years. So I'm very excited. Oh, it's to time. Do this. Yeah, it is time. It's time. <laughs> And well, we're giving it the retired racehorse radio treatment, which I think is super yes, fun. So it should be really fun because we have, well, Eric's not really a horse husband. He's he's just a horseman in general. Who happens to be my husband. So yeah. Who happens to be your horse. <laughs> yes. He wasn't converted <laughs> after you. This is a before you time. And then mine is very new to the world of horses and being fully immersed, whether he likes it or not. So it should be a very interesting conversation to have more tenored and greener on here. Mm, we'll see if I can talk him out of this by the time we're done tonight. Well, <laughs> it'll be very interesting to listen back because as always, if anyone's listened to a horse husband's episode, no women allowed. So Chris right. and I are going to bow out, out of, of this episode. I can't yeah. wait to hear we're Please, turning it. If you get him Glenn. in trouble, Glenn, just like give me a heads up of like what level. I'm like, not doing anything. Nope. That's, I'm not responsible <laughs> for first episodes. Out of it. <laughs> Is he sleeping in the stalls? Nope, like where are we nope, at? <laughs> nope. You're not even allowed to listen back to this. No proofing gonna... this show. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I hope everyone else enjoys now that we've been banned. And for the horsewomen who do listen, we don't know about it. Don't tell us, but leave a rating. We do want to know secretly. So <laughs> have fun with them, Glenn. All right. Thanks. Well, I'm going to start with Eric, who is Kristen's husband. And Eric, you did come from a horsey background, right? Yeah, uh, actually, I grew up with horses. And did you grow up riding formally on the farm, ranch, showing? Definitely not. Definitely not formally. Um, I grew up riding on the farm, and my only goal was to not fall off, and that was the only <laughs> training I had. I think that's a lot of training growing up on the farm. And you know what? You learn a lot by not falling off, though. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not dead, so you're here. You might have broke a few things along the way. Uh, no, I don't think I ever did on horses. Well, there you go. That's perfect. And so what, what did you actually do ranch operations? Did your parents own horses just for fun? So my grandpa owns a cattle farm and farm stand, and he always owned horses. So we started out there, and then my dad actually got into driving horses um, started with halflingers at my grandpa's farm and then we moved to Percherons. So we had usually between two and four Percherons growing up and some riding horses. I'm so excited because I owned Percherons. I owned ponies and Percherons. So it's kind of the same story. I love my Percherons. They were the nicest horses I've ever owned. Oh yeah. They're great. Did you drive? Yeah. Oh Yeah. For a long time. Yeah, I love driving. I mean, I, that's all I do. I don't ride. So uh, I, I love the Percherons, though. I'm so jealous you got to drive Percheron teams around as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So what do you do now? Do you work for a living or do you do, does Kristen do all the working? I wish she did. But no, uh, <laughs> no, I'm an assistant district attorney. 
Oh, I've been really? Doing that for eight years. Yep. I didn't realize you were an attorney. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to have you on the show. Let's meet. Yeah, thanks. Let's meet Zach, who is not quite a horse husband yet. He's in the horse boyfriend category. And Zach, you met Joy how long ago? Yeah, I've I've known Joy for about eight nine years now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we we took a little break and bit not a break, but we um. You know, we went our own way. She did one thing. I did another thing. And then we recently connected during COVID. There you go. A COVID romance. I love that. Now, mm. we call Zach the pie guy because he does, uh, he is actually in the pie business. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, my, my parents back in 1993 started a, a pie company straight out of their house. I mean, my, my dad's side has done food for like the past hundred years. So it wasn't too new for him, but really just focusing on the baked goods. So they started selling pies out of their house, and now it grew into a pretty big business. We have eight locations here in Michigan and do some other work nationally. But yeah, we, we do all natural, preservative-free, awesome, tasty pies. And it's, it's a pretty interesting field to be in. I can vouch for that because you have sent me many pies over the years now, <laughs> and uh, I absolutely love your pies. There's a berry pie that is absolutely wonderful that I had. That, that was my favorite so far, I think. You got to get you some more, Glenn. You got to send some down. Well, you guys need to come down and visit. Let's just do that instead. Now, you were not a horse guy when you met Joy, right? Yeah, I wasn't. I grew up always loving horses. I was always really, you know, liked them from afar, but I was never up close with them. So once I met Joy and we got reconnected, I saw all the work with her horses. I really got excited because I always wanted to be into them, but never really had a chance. So it's been a really awesome experience. Did you realize how much of a time suck it was going to be for her that like you would never see her because she's always out at the barn? No, I did not realize that. <laughs> that we never do. <laughs> when we first start. See, that's an advantage Eric had. He knew that. You knew that going in, right? Oh, yeah. Now, was it always a goal to have a horse girl? To, to find a horse girl, Eric? No, not a goal at all. Just happened organically. Yeah. And are you glad it did? Or were you actually hoping for a non-horse girl so you could have all the horses to yourself? Uh, no, I was definitely glad that it happened. Okay, um, good. <laughs> it's, it's nice to share that interest. Good, because Kristen is as, as horse girl as they get. So, Yeah, you can't get much more into it than her. Zach, what surprised you about the whole horse thing? Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. I feel like I'm getting a new surprise every day when it comes to the <laughs> yeah. horse world. By the way, that's not going to change for a long time. <laughs> well, it keeps it interesting. It does. Um, it always will be. <laughs> I, well, I, I think I think it was the terms. You know, when I hear Joy using terms like, oh, you know, Asher is really spicy today. Or, I don't know, that's the only one I can think of because it's food related. <laughs> but um, I, lo- I love it. I use it out like in the everyday world. So it's fun. And so I have to ask you, Eric, you you have really changed, though, since you met Kristen in that you were, you know, kind of the ranch rider and driver and, and played around with horses, new horses. You were horsemen, but you've gone into showing now since her. Yeah. Showing uh, riding horses anyway, ranch shows. Uh, I did do some showing with the perch rounds before. Oh, and driving. Yeah, we, we, we showed at the our local fair anyway with the perch rounds. But yeah. Um, yeah, we started, she started showing this local series, uh, two years ago, I think. And then last year I just decided to pick it up, you know, just thought it would be more fun to actually be involved. So So you're doing ranch classes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I started out last season. I started out with a rail class, just, you know, sort of dip my toe in the water. And then the next show I did six or seven classes from cow work to ranch roping. And I heard you have a big horse. Yeah, he's uh, definitely the biggest riding horse I've had. Um, tell us about sure. him. He's Shorty Harmon. That's Kristen's name for him anyway. His racing name was Regal Justice. And I think he's 16-1 or 16-2. So he's a, he's a pretty he's a big horse. He's a thoroughbred. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And had you ridden a thoroughbred before, Kristen? Or were they all quarter horses? Or No, I only ever rode quarter horses and the occasional perch round. Right. Which are yeah. great to ride because they're... It's just like riding a couch. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. We used to give lessons. My wife used to give lessons on our 18 two-hand Percheron that weighed in about 2,200 pounds uh, with little five-year-olds because it was the quietest horse we owned. And and she figured if they could learn to ride a Percheron, they could learn to ride anything. So <laughs> she used to give lessons yeah. with them. Uh, so, Zach, have you started riding as she forced you into the saddle at this point? 
I don't, I don't think I'd ever use the, the term forest, but uh, <laughs> you're a bit of a daredevil though. You're a motorcycle rider and into martial arts and stuff. Yeah, no, that's, there's kind of the cool thing, the seeing the mix between like motorcycles to riding like a sentient being that had a mind of its own. But yeah, one of our first dates actually, Joy had me jump up onto a horse and it was, it was so much fun. Did you have any idea about the uh, the retired racehorse world uh, that 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 she was involved in? Did you have any idea what that was or it existed? Yeah, no clue. I was uh, I was pretty shocked when I when I saw everything that went into it and uh, saw what she could do and all the money that can be raised around it for retired racehorses. I think it's it's really cool. It's really an awesome world to be a part of. I think that, Eric, you have an advantage in that when, you know, as new horse husbands or boyfriends, we're always shocked at what horses cost, right? That's a shock for us when we come into it because we have no idea. And then all the stuff that goes with it. Well, you had a good idea of that. So is do you, when you guys make your, she was just talking about purchasing saddles. When you make your big purchases, do you talk to each other about it? I'm buying this for my horse, this for my horse, or you just can get whatever you want for your own horses. How does how does the finances work out when we have two horse people in the relationship? You definitely have to coordinate, that's for sure, because a lot of the purchases are kind of expensive. I mean, the saddles for us this year have been the biggest thing we've ever done, I think, other than actually buying the horses. So, yeah, we talk about everything. You know, we talk about what purchases we're going to make and when. You would almost have to with two of you. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. My wife and I, after I got into horses more, I'm still not a horse husband. And you know you know how I draw that line? You know, I have a lot of listeners who say, you've been doing these shows for 15 years and you have horses. And I've always had horses since I met my wife. But um, I, this is where I draw the line. I don't put the bridle on. She puts the bridle on. That's my line. That's I'm not a horse husband or I'm not a horse person if I don't put the bridle on. So that's how I get away with staying a horse husband. Hmm. Uh, yeah, see? See, Eric, you wouldn't consider me a horse person if I'm not putting my own bridle on, would you? Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's <laughs> You're an supposed to line, back me up here, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, have you been surprised at the cost? Um, yes and no. I actually thought horses were significantly more expensive before getting in. Before seeing how much they actually cost. Okay, I'm going to knock on wood right here for vet bills that are coming up. I'm going to just do that for you right here. <laughs> well, at least at least the purchasing of the horse. Oh, that's right? always the cheapest part. Found, yeah. Yeah, I found that out. And yeah. then it seems to be like, whatever you pay for a horse, it takes about a year to get all the way up to that. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, and or or quicker depending on the the vet bills. I'm knocking them what about. Yeah, vet, vet bills are things we talk about a lot in the house. How oh, the vet bill? I'll see what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you guys: Do you have any? Well, I know I know actually, Zach, you have some interests. Do you still ride a uh, motorcycle? And have you gotten joy on a motorcycle? I had when we first started dating. You know, I did the horse lesson, and then we threw her on one of my motorcycles. But currently, I'm a motorcycle lit and kind of itching to get another one. Oh, uh, okay. So I got to ask, Eric, do you have any hobbies outside of uh, outside of work and horses? Yeah, I think probably too many, actually. Um, yeah, so I hunt and do a lot of things outdoors. So fish and camp and all that stuff, backpack. That's where I spend most of my time. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we talk about when when we have a, a horse husband who's not horsey and then the horsey wife, they're apart a lot because, you know, she's out playing with the horses and he's doing whatever. And if he doesn't have a hobby, then he's jealous of the horses, right? Uh, so we always say, you know, this is a good lesson to learn. If you're not into the horses like she is, then get a hobby because you're going to be spending time and it's you're going to resent the time she's at the barn if you're not doing anything. But sitting at home, right? Right. Um, and I think that's a mistake that a lot of early horse husbands make is they just, because you're in love and it's new and it's romantic and everything, and you want to spend all your time with that person. Uh, except with horse women, it's not that way. It's You're not going to get that. Uh, so you still have to have your own hobbies. You know, It's just it's just a thing. Who cooks? Zach, do you do all the cooking? You're, you're, obviously, you're in a cooking family. Do you do all the cooking? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, we really split it. Joy is a phenomenal cook. She is really, and I mean, I'm being totally honest here. I mean, she is really one of the best cooks I've ran into. And it's incredible to be in a house and live together and, you know, be a partner of that. And then I, I do some other cooking. So I, I do a lot of cooking in the summertime. I own a couple of grills. I grill a lot of meat, veggies, stuff outside. 
Joy, I know, is a fantastic cook. Actually, her and I have talked about doing a show together for a long time, a cooking show for horse people. Uh, and we just, neither one of us has the time to do it. But we would, I, if I had a co-host for a cooking show, I'd want it to be Joy. Eric, do, who cooks in a relationship like yours? We're actually the same as Zach and Joy. We split it pretty much 50-50. Yeah. Uh, Kristen's a very good cook. I like to cook too. And I'm sort of the opposite. I, I do cook in the summer, but usually it's after you know, we don't ride as much in the winter and hunting is sort of over in the winter. So that's when I really start to cook. So I have a, one of the problems that uh, I had early on was, you know, I wanted to ride because Jennifer rode and she also had thoroughbreds, you know, that's all she's ever had. She was an inventor and had thoroughbreds. Um, And I thought it would be great to take lessons from her. That lasted about three lessons and did not go well. So do you get riding instruction from Kristen? Every day. How does that Absolutely. go? How do you, I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. You know, a lot of people say that, but I, you know, I think of Kristen as like almost like a world-class trainer. I mean, I, you know, I just think she's very good at what she does. And so I'm, I try to keep my mind in this zone where I'm getting incredible instruction from an incredible instructor. And I try to sort of put our relationship to the side. Leave the, the wife moment. part out of it. Try to put that on right. your head. Yeah. Right. Is there anything that Kristen does with the horses that annoys you? Hmm. Now, she's not listening to this. You're good. You're, you, you, can, you, can, you can be honest. <laughs> I, I got to think about that, actually. You might have to circle back to me. All right, Zach, anything that uh, Joy does that annoys you when it comes to the horses? Messy car, uh, anything like that? <laughs> I know. When I, when I heard that question, I'm like, oh, man, very good one, ready. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Glenn, I was, was going to ask you, do you have any tips for... Uh, if oh. Joy gives me a horse lesson. Oh, you know, or, or Eric, he, you know how yeah. he avoided that question and went right on. Did you notice that, Eric? He just went <laughs> that's a, right. That's a pro move right Yeah, there. that was really good, actually. That was a lawyer move right there. <laughs> well, you know. Very good, Zach. That was well done. So what was your question, Zach? <laughs> yeah. I mean, me and Joy have written a couple of times, and I really like what Eric said about Kristen and really taking that to heart. So thank you, Eric. For the advice on on the lessons. Now, uh, Glenn, do you have any recommendations or advice for any oncoming lessons that Joy might give me on horse riding? I failed at it. You scared that question. I <laughs> I couldn't do that. Maybe it was because we were so early on in our relationship too. It was very early mm-hmm. before I learned about all the whole horse thing and what it's like to be a horse husband and then you know get my own horses. But. Um, I don't know that I, I don't think I, Eric can answer that better than I can. Yeah. Just sort of what I said. Um, you got to sort of put your relationship to the side for a second and realize that she knows more about it than you do. And just sort of put yourself in her hands, I guess. Mm. That's, that's a great answer. I mean, really, I think for any kind of relationships or technique, pathing lessons or tips back and forth, I think that's a really, really good answer. Who has the messier car? Are you asking uh, Eric or me? <laughs> I'm asking both of you, Zach. Um, I think it's sometimes equal. I think joys get dirty, dirty, like with dirt and, you know, barn stuff and dust. Mine gets dirty with uh, miscellaneous pie things, if it's boxes or photography equipment or, you know, um, tools of sorts. Okay, so we have two horse people, and we always joke about how the horse women's cars are a disaster. They put hay in them and you know all of that. Eric, what what about you? Who has the messier vehicle? I think it's Kristen's vehicle, but mine is a very close second. Oh, really? It, it's just, yeah. <laughs> mine, I have the first farm Subaru in existence, I think. Are you the only <laughs> DA going to work with hay stuck to you? Probably. Yeah, no, <laughs> without a doubt. In Stock County, anyway. <laughs> That's funny. What has been the hardest thing, Eric, with the two of you both being horse people? What's been the hardest thing about owning the horses? And you live in a you live in New York, you know, it, it you got weather to deal with. You have a lot of hard things actually. And I know we live in Pennsylvania just digging fence holes and shale was a nightmare. Uh so what's been the hardest thing over the years you think in owning the horses or the biggest struggle? Um I think just specific to my area, probably veterinary care. Because we're uh, the county that we're in is really very poor. Uh, it's the county that I grew up in. We're a rural county, and you know poverty is pretty widespread. But so you don't uh, have you a know, lot of so, horse vets there, right? We have a very very good farm vet right now, um, but you know we don't have a, a just equine vet 
dedicated just to horses, we, we have to drive about two and a half hours for that. And Zach, what what do you think has been the hardest thing in with being with with a with a horse girl? Basically, what has been the hardest thing when it comes to the horses? What are the struggles that you're surprised to find? Well, I I, I think it's um, not getting a horse myself, Glenn. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, when she's looking at new tack, new gear, new horses that pop up on, you know, new vocations, and we get looking at them like a Saturday morning while we're having coffee, and she's like, oh, honey, look at this. Oh, look, look, look at that horse. Or she's showing me the new helmet she just bought. And I just keep thinking, like, I don't have a motorcycle. Maybe <laughs> I get a horse. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that's, like, one of the hard parts of just, like, trying to keep it separate. It is hard. And that's going to be hard forever, by the way. That doesn't change. Um because the horses never get cheaper uh, over the years. But I think, you know, I, I got my first horse, I think, when we were four four years in, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. It was after we got married. We were together for a number of years before we got married. And then uh, we got married, and I moved in. And then shortly after that, I bought a pony. By the way, my pony was at an auction that was—Eric's going to love this. It was $90 at the New Holland Far- auction. Um, it was an old Amish driving pony, and I got that pony, and it, it it was my lifetime horse. We drove that pony for another like ten years everywhere, amusement parks, cities. We were on all kinds of stuff with that pony. It was the best pony I ever had, and it was basically a reject Amish kids pony. And that turned out to be the best ninety dollars I ever spent. Lived to be forty two, by the way. That pony drove to it was wow. thirty five. So you never know what you're going to end up with. I think you should. I think you should really take a look at getting something. You know, I didn't start with Percherons. I started small and then got the the Percherons after that when I sort of knew what I was doing. Because when they step on your feet, it hurts. That's for sure. Eric could back them up on that one. Yeah. (laughs) And you're really you're really talking me into getting that that mini. I really want to get. You know, minis are fun, but there's not a lot you can do with them. Yeah, my advice is don't go with the mini. You know, get a pony. I'm gonna disagree. Well, if you get a pony, then at least you can drive them, right? You can you can hook them up to a cart and go around real fast. Uh, but I don't know why. Why? I mean, Glenn, with with the with the mini, you know, I think you're looking at it from a horse person. Okay, I'm looking at it from a from a horse boyfriend standpoint. Okay. Here. So, you know, I think having a mini or you know something real small, it could go in the garden with me. I could be picking carrots, feeding him a carrot, me eating him a carrot. I could be making a salad for the both of us, and we could just be chilling in the backyard. Eating our food, soaking up the rays. You know, that's kind of how I see having a pony. Or right. not a pony, a mini. Well, that, I'm with you then. I mean, if that's, if that's what you're looking for, then a mini might be perfect. And they're cute as the Dickens, <laughs> too. So, I mean, you have that. If there's a recommendation or suggestion, Eric, you would have for, a, you know, a new guy who's just met his horsey girlfriend and he's making all the mistakes that we all make, uh, what recommendation would you give to that new horse boyfriend? Who's shocked by all of this? You have to understand that that is her life, for sure. Um, you're not going to change her. <laughs> um, so get that out of your head right now. And uh, I would just jump into it with both feet. Like, go to the barn with her, ask questions, get involved, and, you know, try and ride a horse. I think that's the biggest thing, is I think a lot of the horse boyfriends that are new that are struggling don't get involved at all. They don't go to the barn. They don't hang out. They don't try and learn anything about what she's really interested in. And I think that's the biggest mistake. Uh, Because you're always going to have that resentment then, because they don't understand it. Uh, You know, it's just like if you have a hobby that you spend hours and hours and hours and, you know, thousands of dollars on, and she's not involved in your hobby at all, and she kind of resents it, it's the same thing. It goes both ways. And what's one thing, Eric, you never say? What's the one sentence you never say to a horse girl when you're new? Or any time, actually. One sentence? Yep, one sentence. The attorney will appreciate this. It's me or the horses. <laughs> Never say it's me or the horses, because guess what? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you're gone. Yeah, yeah. in about 10 That's minutes. <laughs> yes, you will be packing your stuff that day. That's something you never say. Zach, you have an answer for that one? What would, What advice would you give? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, Eric's dynamite with the advice, but I'm, I'm the same way. I, I think with any hobby that your significant other is into, I mean, jump in, learn everything you can within reason and support them a hundred percent. And with, in this case with horses, I mean, they're incredible. There's so much fun. There's so much you can do with them. Yeah. I would just give all the space they can and let them enjoy their hobby. You know, find yourself a hobby. And you're what, three years in there, uh, Zach? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, Eric, I, at the end of all the Horse Husbands episodes, I always, uh, with the boyfriends, I always rated them on whether I th- thought they would make it or not as a, you know, and I'm giving Zach a 10. I think he's got this down. I think you guys are good. Oh, yeah, he's going to make it. Yeah, you're, you're going to make it. Yeah, you got sure. it. I mean, there were a lot of times I said, no, this isn't going to last. <laughs> but but I got it's Zach. A, I a, think you got this. Plus, I don't want to see the pie guy go away. He's my fix for pies. So I, I don't want to <laughs> see that go away either. Glenn, Glenn, I'll always be your fix for pies. Okay, you good. Just reach I, out anytime. I got you. All right. But I, I, I don't also, plan on going anywhere. <laughs> okay, good. I appreciate that. And you know I would what? also say if the uh, mini doesn't get him first. Yeah, yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That mini would really like that berry pie. So let's give a plug for the pie company. Yeah, um, our name is uh, Ackett's Pies, and that's A-C-H-A-T-Z, Pies, P-A-I-E-S. You'll also see the brand Pie Collective pop up. That is our new rebrand. So that's Pie Collective by Ackett's, and that will be the Instagram that you will want to follow. And now you guys ship all over the country too, right? Yes, you can go to our website for ordering or uh, goldbelly.com also carries our pies. And you just select the pie, the one that you like. We package it up in a cooler package with some dry ice or ice pack. Ship it straight to your door in about one to two days. And you either throw it in the oven or warm it up and it's ready to go. What's the berry one that I like so much? What's the name of it? That's the Michigan four berry. That's blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, berries. Eric, if you haven't had that pie yet, I haven't sent you one because it is the best pie I've ever had in my life. And I'm not just saying it because Zach is on here and I want more. It is really good. And you guys also do savory pies, too, because you sent me one of those. Yeah, we do a, a number of you know, classic chicken pot pie, beef pot pie. Uh, we do a spinach pot pie as well, which is pretty fantastic for vegetarians. And then we do a couple other in-house. Zach, we do recipes on horses in the morning. We we try and get one or two recipes in a month. Maybe I'll have you on to do one of the savory pie recipes. Yeah, I would love that. All right, yeah, we'll get you on to do that. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today, and Zach as well. We appreciate you guys joining us on the show, and I think everybody's going to like meeting the other halves of these hosts. So I really appreciate it. And uh, Eric or Zach, you got this. You're going to be in it for life now. You're stuck. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I, we're at the trade show, and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So uh, t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright sharp looking pads what are the, what makes them different uh well it's the fill the 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 wool felt on the inside is a natural felt and the fleece on the bottom is a hundred percent merino oh really okay so these are soft and squishy pads well not real squishy but soft and and they do absorb shock and and saddle fit what would they retail for what are those that's you about know? 119 that's the right price yeah anything else new with casual coming out Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a new strap line coming in the fall. It's a a two-tone that looks great with a a great buckle set on it. We're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly, you bet. Yeah, fly, fly that's what we all. That's, that's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah, many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, the it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Cashelcompany.com uh, will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Kristen, I'm just loving all the polls we do on our social media, and I am loving the increasing numbers because it's, it just gets more and more fun seeing the diversity and everyone's opinions. So recently, I put my horse in a classic matchy match outfit. She had the matching fly bonnet, the matching saddle pad. I could have gone the whole nine yards and dressed myself up for it, but I'm one of those people that's like, I'm not going to full effort, full transparency. 
But I asked our listeners, do you play the matchy match game with your horse? And I was, I was actually surprised about the mixture. 40% say they love matchy match. Others, 32% say, I like it when it works out. I probably fall into that boat. And then we had 28% say, I grabbed the closest pad and chance the rainbow. I have to ask you, where do you land? Because I have a guess where you land. But I, I, I want I want you to tell me first. Well, now I want to know your guess first. You tell me where you think I land. I think you're a chance the rainbow kind of gal. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you why. And it's because Western saddle blankets that you put over your pad are super expensive. So like compared That's, to the cost honestly, of a saddle pad. past life, I was a Western pleasure gal. So oh, yeah, I remember. You know. Yeah. I figured you were not going to be the matchy match full nope. on pad. I have one pad. Well, I have a pad and then I have the blanket and I don't use polo wraps or boots because we're going in and out of like mucky cow pastures so much that my guys are just free-legged. And then, yeah, I just wear what I wear. I do stay classically masculine. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I use that pad until it wears out. So actually right under my desk chair right now is my old pad. So it becomes a floor rug, you know, for a little like Western feel in here. So that's about as matchy as we get. I make a little bit more of an effort on show day. Uh, but not by much. <laughs> I want to ask your husband, man, if I had known that fact before the horse husband segment, I would have had Glenn ask your husband what he feels about that blanket being a rug in your house. Um, oh, I but think, I think well, it's fun. I think he likes it. It's in my office, so he doesn't have to look at it if he doesn't um, like it. <laughs> I do think it's fun though. But I will say, I also asked everyone like, what was their main color for their horses too? I think we all lean to one, especially with show season, whether you're English or Western. And I feel like every color was represented. We had most of the blues, navies, teal, purple, lilac, greens, surprisingly brown, but I think brown can look really classy on a lot oh, of horses. Yep. Sage green was a big one. Hunter green, which is always a classic with gold and then maroon. So definitely across the board, every color is loved and represented. I'm like, what a fun way to come into spring because our horses are like finally, well, not here in the North. We can't wash quite yet. I can't wait to bathe my horses, but everyone's starting to get their glow ups for spring. And that's when the fun pictures start to come on social media and all the show pictures are getting ready. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see all the colors. I can't say, I think like rose gold is pretty much the one I use with Astrid, which a lot of people are like, Ooh, I bet that's very pretty. Yeah, I get a lot of eyes when I mention it for having a chestnut, but she's one of those very metallic chestnuts with the gold fleck. So it works really well once her summer coat comes in. And you know what? Who cares? Like you use what you want. I mean, at the end of the day, my horse doesn't really know what's going on. And she is just a part of all of my crazy. That's how she pays for her stuff. You can be like me. You just ride in a place with no arena mirrors. So you have no idea. The horse will never know what he looks like. There's a lot of times I don't even fully groom out my horse's mane and stuff. Like she looks savage, but that's okay. You just take it as is. You don't see those photos on the gram all the time. Just sometimes. But I can't wait to see our next poll with people. I feel like I have a lot of questions to ask them as we're getting into show season. But just you have to follow us on Instagram at Retired Resource Radio, as well as on Facebook at Retired Resource Radio to play along with the fun, be a part of the shout outs, and also just see what everyone's doing. I feel like we've gotten some really fun things out of it. So give us a follow. So everyone's favorite three-day event is coming up. Land Rover Kentucky Five Star. Are you going down, Joy? I'm trying to make it work, but I have a new job and they're being mean to me. <laughs> well, for any of our listeners who are going, the Retired Racehorse Project, of course, has a full slate of thoroughbred-centered activities so that you can view Land Rover Kentucky through a racehorse lens. So some of those activities coming up, you can find all of this at the rrp.org. I'll give you a quick preview now. On Thursday, April 27th, you can do the cross-country course walk with Elisa Wallace. I will warn you, she does the whole course. So come with your walking shoes because she does the whole thing start to finish. I think that's the only course walk where someone does every single fence. Uh, Friday, April 28th, we have a demo with Buck Davidson, who's on the RRP board. He'll be doing jumping exercises for stepping up to preliminary. uh, And that's going to feature four makeover graduates, which is super cool to see those horses moving on to the next level. Uh, Friday, April 28th, we are teaming up with our friends at New Vocations to present the RRP Masterclass with Sarah Kozumplik. Uh, That's kind of like one of those like crossover events, right? Like they advertise on TV where your two shows come together. So we're bringing RRP and New Vocations together. Going to be super fun. That's at their open barn and barbecue. Get your tickets if you haven't. I think they're selling very fast. 
And Saturday, April 29th, we'll have another demo picking prospects for eventing with Rosie Nipravnik. So she's going to go through um, some unstarted prospects from Secretariat Center and take a look at how she would analyze those for an eventing career. So some really cool educational opportunities and cool places to hang out with your fellow thoroughbred lovers. And of course, the RRP booth will also be there at booth 106 in the trade fair. So you can shop till you drop with all of our OTTB logo wear. You can also play the Super Raffle, get a free copy of Off-Track Thoroughbred Magazine. And with every purchase or donation, you can get the Thoroughbreds of the Kentucky Three-Day Poster, which this year features Boyd Martin and Neville Bardos. And those are all signed by Boyd. So lots of cool ways to make the most of your trip to the bluegrass. And of course, Keeneland is running too. So nonstop Thoroughbred action all week long. You can learn more at therrp.org. Oh, is that special time of the episode where we have Leandra Cooper from New Vocations joining us. Welcome back to the show, Leandra. Oh, it's lovely to be back. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you. And as always, I have a training question for you because it is springtime and there are horses who are coming out of their winter slumber. They're feeling fresh, they're feeling spicy, and some are feeling stiff. And so my question for you is, how can we help the horse who struggles with counter bending to feel more solid in their body? Yeah. And so just asymmetry in, in general, I think is so under talked about because it can look like so many different things, whether a horse is just out of shape or they've had um, an imbalance in previous training, like we'll see horses coming off the track that have very obvious muscling built up on one side and not as much. And I mean, it could be like the way that horses are ridden, but for a million different reasons, horses will come to us with massive asymmetries. And even if they're not like readily apparent on the ground, like you'll feel it under saddle is kind of exactly what you're talking about. Um, a horse who like kind of feels stuck, whether they're been in the inside, but in the outside, but kind of like this inability to travel straight. And I was thinking about this extensively with some of the horses where we've had very recent issues where, where it's like massive imbalances and how it affects everything else, which really forced me to go back to square one. And a really good litmus test for this is like, if you, it can be the center line, it can be a quarter line, but try to like pick an imaginary straight line and ask your horse to walk down it and don't manipulate them. Don't adjust them. Just see like you are, you are giving the direction to go straight ahead and see what their body's doing. And you can do the same thing at the trot. And it will tell you a lot about where energy is escaping at all these different points, whether it's kind of like going out one shoulder, they're carrying themselves crooked through the pole and the head, through the neck, all these different places where you can kind of feel the energy escaping out these different windows and doors on all the places around them. And it can give you a good sense of where to start for this because it can be a lot of different things. And I always like to bring up too, like my personal horse, Honest Money, he had um, what when he first came through New Vocations was suspected to be just a tendon injury and ended up being a superficial digital flexor tendon and suspensory lesion. Um, So we went through a lot of rehab. I'm always really proud when I can get like a clean bill of health from like the chiropractor. Like I'll be like, all right, you know, normal maintenance. And he's like, no, he's very straight. So I feel like I I have some ground to talk about this too, because we went through a lot of asymmetry. But the point of like me bringing up my personal horse in that is one of the things that the chiropractor had brought up even that I really wasn't aware of is that, you know, we see a lot of these soft tissue injuries. Obviously you're, you're looking at the lower limb most of the time when we're looking at significant injuries like that, it's a high torque, high impact area. And a lot of times we can see these injuries happening in horses who are stuck other places. So again, like going back to the basics and figuring out where energy is stuck or escaping is super critical. Because, And what I mean by this is like my horse still to this day is able to bend and do like carrot stretches to one side much more easily than the other. And if they're locked up in their shoulder, then that means in a stride, like if we're going into full extension, so you're going to see this on the track, obviously you're asking for a very full extension, like to its maximum, you're pushing them. And if a shoulder with its muscling, so they don't have muscle below the knee. So if the shoulder and any of the muscling up top in the packages you've got sitting on the legs, if it's stuck, if it's overbuilt, 
if it does not allow for full extension, if it doesn't have that looseness and that suppleness, then it can't help the lower limb, which again, below the knee, they do not have muscle. So then it's just the tendons and the ligaments that are dealing with the rest of that impact and extension. So you're asking the horse for a full stride. They can't help through, like in this case, say their shoulder, if it's locked up. So it's only going to be able to take you maybe like 75% of the way. And then with the rest of the ask, that's all being pushed through with those soft tissue structures. So the tendons and ligaments, it's like an extremely long winded, like you're asking me a question. This is like the whole background for it, (laughs) but that's like, it's so important when we look at that because people very easily miss things like tightness through the shoulder all the time. They might just be like, Oh, my horse doesn't move very well. Or, you know, the stride's not very good. Or like, they're kind of choppy, you know, they favor one side, but really what that means, like our ask might not be the same extreme as a horse who's racing on the track, but can make your horse not only not move to their optimum performance level, but really can affect how their body is used in a way where at the extreme, like you're sustaining massive injuries that are performance limiting down the road and, you know, lots of things that we don't want to get into. So like this idea of straightness and being able to carry yourself evenly and balance has so many different repercussions. So like back to like how you address this. So say you've done your straight lines, you kind of like feel where there's stuck energy or energy moving out. I, for the horses where I've had these massive imbalances, what I've noticed is like, I bring them right back to square one. I will choose to, you know, like we start at the walk, but a lot of times that gets over overlooked, right? So at the walk, I want a horse to be able to stop without leaning into the bit, be able to back up without a lot of resistance. Like you might need to close your leg on them. They might, you know, some horses, like especially ones on the track, like I feel like I'm constantly being like, you have to be able to back up. And they're just like, rear? Is that what you're asking me to do? Um, so be able to stop without leaning to the bed, be able to back up and engage your hind end, be able to move off contact both directions, including suppling in your head so that you can see the corner of the eye. That it doesn't have to be dramatic, mm-hmm. but just the mm-hmm. corner. And through these exercises, like I could be like, all right, we did a 10 minute walk, warm up, we're going to trot. And I'll be just like trying to go around the ring in a circle, right? They're just like normal ring. And I'm feeling the horse like super overcompensate one way or another where I'm just like, it affects your steering. It affects your body. You might start to like try to counter bend for them. You might try to be like manipulating yourself, but really like what I've started doing is just bring them back down to the walk, go back to those simple asks. Like I will stop, we'll back up. You will move off my right leg. You will move off my left leg. And when you reach those stuck points, because if you're struggling at the trot, like chances are like those things need to be worked on at the walk, right? So we get that looseness. We get that relaxation, hopefully, because if you're getting those stuck points, a lot of times there is that mental barrier to it also where they'll get frustrated Mm -hmm. with you. So I'll focus on like, let's just get back to the looseness and the relaxation. We'll get that. We'll have the asks. You know, with babies, there's like some of the teaching parts of that, but they, like even a horse who who knows that, but you're seeing those stack points, get through that at the walk, go back to the trot, ask for it again up there. If you're still having the same issues, go back to those same pieces. And whereas I think with some horses, it's easy to kind of like skip those steps. Mm-hmm. With the ones who are really struggling with that, it has taken me from a place of like the horses working you know, I would use this in my air quotes, like working through it with anxiety and getting really worked up about it. And then seeing those issues come out other ways versus like a horse who can work through it, relaxed, staying supple. And like, we know that that's where the real training happens, not when they're bracing Mm -hmm. against you, not where they're just trying to get away from um, pressure, just purely to get away from pressure. Like this is what is creating that. So it seems so basic, but I would say like, you can, you can kind of do the litmus test, see where energy is escaping and just go back to those like four very basic moves where you're asking them to stop back up, get off your left, get off your right and, and ask for the suppleness. And when you get that at the walk, like ask for the trot and the same sort of thing, like don't bother doing it. The, or if you're meeting resistance at the canner, bring back to the trot. If you're still getting at the trot, go back to the walk. And even with those very, very simple steps, 
I have been able to make a lot of progress through mm-hmm. those in a way that I hadn't been able to get through, like trying to do more complicated means. So I would say start there. You can always work off of that. Uh, but even doing that, I think has made a huge difference. I love that, Leandra. It's such a good reminder. Like even for the horses, like I said, are just coming off a of winter and maybe aren't as physically fit. They definitely have a side. They like more the same way we write with a side or lean with one side more than the other. And um, it, they, they come out with some of those asymmetry movements. And I think it's a good reminder that I'm going to even take for myself of, if you think about human fitness, it doesn't matter how many reps you give if they're bad form, like at some yeah. point you're going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. You're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to see results. Right. So forcing through a poorly done trot, a poorly done canter just to get it done, isn't really benefiting your horse. So it's right. better if, you know, if they go great to the left, sure. Get the reps in and make it beautiful and do the best you can. But if they're struggling to the right, it doesn't hurt to go slower. You know, if they don't get the trot steps in the same, if you're repairing mm-hmm. that asymmetry, it's worth it. Yeah. And then it, you know, if it is like needing to loosen up the shoulder or if it is coming from a hip, like you can always build off of that, but mm-hmm. until you figure out like what, what is going on and where and, and how you can work on that, it becomes a lot more difficult to like work off of that. Yeah. So, I mean, like shoulder opening exercises, there are a million of them ways to get them to have a little bit more malleability in their hips. Like you can work on that. But if you don't have those basic things, like your foundation's not there. And I don't remember where I heard it at this point, but somebody I was listening to was saying, you know, it's not practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. Like you have mm-hmm. to actually be doing it well <laughs> and like you build the reps to make it good. Like, you know, like that is the actual muscle memory of it because you can learn how to do something with muscle memory and do it poorly. Like that it's the same sort of thing. So if you really want to like get to a point of doing something well, you have to start doing it well and then put the repetition behind that same practice of like doing it the way that you want to get to. And that means starting from the ground up sometimes and really going back to the fundamentals. Yeah. You can't run until you walk. (laughs) (laughs) So Leandra, tell us about tonight's adoptable horse. He is so cute. He looks exactly like one of our thoroughbreds at our barn right now. And I like just want to bring him in for the twin effect. (laughs) You should. Well, and this is like cheers for sakes. Who's who I have for today is like the old soul. I swear. Like if you look at his pictures, you'll see it. He has like this old man face and, um, since our first pictures, our first photo shoot of him, where he looks kind of like lean with a big belly and he's got he's like his winter coat and we've since clipped him and we're working on new pictures, which may or may not be up by the time this comes out. But it's like this transformation process that you'll like see as it happens, basically, like you'd see the different progress where he's already started to build more muscle and like do the transformation. But throughout it, he still has this like old soul face which i just think is really precious and like very expressive and he's he's just cute in a million ways but he his nickname is cheerio or cheers just depending <laughs> but he when we clipped him um you'll see he has like a big like cheerio it's like a big circle uh looks like a donut kind of on his bum that we clipped into him so it's like that's his target now and i swear i look at like we have him as 16 too. And that horse, this horse has definitely grown since then. Like he's a very big boy. And he's an uncle Mo, those are known for being pretty big, aren't they? Absolutely. Uncle Mo is big. And this horse has got some, and also known for a great, great, like mentality, just a yes. good yeah. brain. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I can't wait to see what this horse looks like, you know, with yeah. a little more conditioning. Cause he's, he does have so much bone to him and he's, you know, yeah. 16, two and growing. He's going to be super impressive. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's just a 2019 right now. So he's just like yeah. in his four year old year and which still shocks me because he has that like old man. <laughs> but um, I mean, and he's still growing. So it just like goes to show he's like definitely going to keep on growing. He has that big bone, like even just his barrel, like I would say, cause everybody's got different like build straps and how they measure girth and everything. But like 
average, I use like a size 50 girth. And with him, I'm like size 54 and I'm still stretching. Oh, he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like he's that big, but he is like a big guy. And it shows. So like even stubbing him into the canner, he has this big stride. There's just really like, there's this feel that he wants to open up and he'll come back to you. He has this like, He's developing a feel that is really nice. Um, you'll see in the videos where he's, he's like kind of, he's out of shape. So he's kind of inverted, doesn't carry himself all that well. And then he's like learning how to be a little bit more on the bit and kind of meet his rider. And um, his responsiveness has really surprised me because while he can have this kind of lackadaisical way of like going about and he can kind of hang out, he has this sensitivity, which like when you need it from a horse, like what you want for performance basis is right mm-hmm. there. Like he's not a horse who I had to, um, spend he's not a lot numb of time. to the leg or anything yeah. like that. Like he's not going to ignore you. He's like, if anything, that's where I put him on more of like needing a confident rider to help him develop because he just does whatever he thinks that you're asking him to do, which sometimes is like way more than what you need. And sort of like this moderation process, but like always screams to me potential for whatever athletic endeavor he's going to do. And he had an old suspensory injury that was treated um, to the gold standard, like had PRP injections, um, track that, have the ultrasounds, which are available to any interested approved adopter and so now we're looking at kind of at least a mid-level career option for him a horse who has the mentality who's shown us i think in the description like originally we were kind of thinking he, he was a little bit more shy like he'd look at things never had a big spook but just was like kind of always looking to his handler and now we're seeing him develop a lot more confidence already, which is such a short amount of time in the grand scheme of like their lifetime and stepping up to like new environments, going over ground poles, stepping over little cross rails. He doesn't care about any of that now, but he does need that person to kind of help him get to that different mental level because he's ready for it now. So I'm just, it's like such an exciting time for a horse like this. Exciting for me even to be able to like, forecast what he's going to be able to do because he's gone through this like physical and mental transformation that I just think speaks volumes to what he can do. And of course he's a, he's an uncle Mo. So they tend to just be like giant sweethearts. And um, I think he's just going to be like an amazing package for, for the right person. So definitely check him out. And he's a little bit of a blank slate didn't race at all. So, you know, you don't have, some people really seek that out, you know, to have a horse that doesn't have any racing background at all. And he is up for the low adoption fee of 2500 So get your applications in, folks. He's basically free. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Leandra, thank you so much. Where can people find uh, Cheers for Six and all the other fabulous horses at New Vocations? Well, they can find them right on our website at horseadoption.com. We have lots of great horses up right now, and we always have new ones who are being physically and mentally assessed, and they're put up on the website as soon as we feel like we can accurately and gracefully match them with the right person. Um, So it's changing all the time. So keep an eye out for it. Get those applications in and be ready, folks. Thanks, Leandra. Thanks, Thanks, Leandra. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Well, guys, thank you so much for letting me join you today. It's been a lo- it's been a lot of fun to hang out with you again. I miss you both, so I, this is this is good. I also wanted to mention for your listeners that I'm going to be at Equine Affair. We're going to be at the Equine Network booth, which is huge apparently, and we're going to be set up there. We're going to do three horses in the morning episodes: uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. We do Equine Affairs podcast as well, so they're joining me. Allison from Equine Affairs joining me. We're going to have some big name guests. So if you're around and come come to the Equine. A fair booth. We're going to be doing it from 9.30 to 11, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. Just come over and watch and hang out. And I'll get you a couple of you on the show, too, if you'd like that. That would be fun. It's always fun to meet our listeners. And if you really want to have a good time, talk horses, but drink a lot and be completely relaxed, then we're doing another Horse Lovers Cruise. That's next February. Uh, We already have, I think, 10 or 15 rooms booked. And we would love to have you come along. It's a six-night cruise out of Fort Lauderdale. 
Lauderdale. You know, who doesn't want to go to Fort Lauderdale for a night or two and then hop on a cruise in the middle of winter in February? It's the second largest cruise ship in the world. There's a ton of stuff to do. Go to horseloverscruise.com if you want to join us. There's no seminars, none of that stuff. We get together, we play games. I take the horse husband's drinking one night while all the wives go have fun. And we go to the casino one night. We just have a good time hanging out. We didn't dinner together all the time. And we would love to see you join us there at horseloverscruise.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Glenn. It has been such a pleasure having you. And yeah, I th- hopefully, Kristen, we we stay in our relationships after hearing this interview. <laughs> I think you're both good. They were very nice. I couldn't get them to say anything bad. So. Oh, well, I'll want to know how much they paid you to say that. So thanks, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can find me on Instagram at The Horseback Writer and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbentley at therrp.org. You can find me on Instagram at MissFitMare and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company and to our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Racehorse Project. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com. And remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride and add more leg. Bye guys. Bye guys.